Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we normally uh, watch maligned movies and we find their silver linings. But this week, like we do every week to start the new year, we're taking a look at some of the million dollar ideas that we pitched through the course of finding the silver linings of those movies. Yeah, because look, I, I don't know about you, Andy, but I sat here and as I always do, as one year ends and a new year begins, I really reflect on what do I want to manifest in, in, in this case in 2024. And I really sat with it and I thought about it and I went, I want to get paid. I also would like to get paid. Yeah. That would be dope. And we're dropping gold for you week after week for free. And all we ask now that Hollywood's back up and running is someone out there who's a producer. Holler at your boys. Holler at your boys. Drop us that cash and we will make you a certified hit. And if you don't believe us, we've got the receipts. And that's what this episode is. It's just yeah. it's a ton of receipts from the past year of all of the great ideas that we've had that we've just thrown out there. That they're out there for free, but luckily, because they're recorded on this podcast, uh, if you try to sue us in IP court, we would win. Yeah. And speaking of IP, I'm very excited for 2024 because Steamboat Willie is finally in the public domain. <laughs> and I think it goes without saying that you can look forward to many, many Steamboat Willie pitches to come <laughs> this year. Ste Steamboat Willie X Machete is the first one that comes to mind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I look, I mean, here's the thing. A lot of people focused on the fact that it's a Mickey Mouse. You get a Mickey Mouse in Steamboat Willie. You also get the Steamboat. Don't forget about that. You can put the Steamboat in stuff now. Yeah. You, the, and you know what? The Steamboat. What if we had a steamboat named like Ricky, like Ricky the steamboat? That's what I'm saying. Like, what if we make Steamboat Ricky and it's it's it, this is already a free one right here at the top. So it's Steamboat Willie. Uh, but instead, Mickey Mouse wants to be a professional wrestler. And it's Steamboat Ricky. And he fights people on his steamboat. Yeah. Which makes I'm, more sense than that gimmick actually made, I think. That might be right. Yeah. But all right, that's just one, and there's many more to come in 2024, but before we get to that, let's take a look back at this gold, Jerry, gold. Spun gold, baby. From And Margaret, who I don't know if anybody knows this, if anyone's ever pointed this out. And Margaret is very attractive. God, I hadn't thought about that before. But now that, you know, that when you think about the legs and the gorgeous <laughs> hair and the. Yeah, she's a she's a striking woman, that Anne Margaret. Yeah. So not only did we break uh, news of the thruple between Matthew McConaughey, his wife and Angela Lansbury, uh, we also revealed in this podcast that Anne Margaret is an attractive woman. Although I'm concerned because Andy, you and I have already agreed to go fishing in like a, a snowy town together where, with Anne Margaret and the two of us older men who uh, have uh, a perchance for being <laughs> misanthropic. <laughs> that I'm just concerned for how that's all going to work out. 
uh, I think it'll work out really good the first time and there'll be diminishing returns if we try to do it again. That sounds right. It sounds like there's enough there for one really memorable outing. <laughs> but if we if we if we dared, even the addition of an icon uh, on screen icon like Sophia Loren wouldn't quite make it because I think it would still sort of just be rehashing the original movie and and just sort of stunt casting your way out of a lack of new ideas. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> um, stay tuned for the shot for shot remake of Grumpy Old Men starring Joel and Andy. And are they are they both still with us? Can we get Anne Margaret and Sophia? <laughs> I think they are. Okay. Well, hey. All right. Get those checkbooks out or check cards. Get those Venmos out. Look, uh, Harry and Olivia Wilde, if you're listening, I think they broke up. But, uh, oh. But uh, you, why not? Why not collab like, on this? Remake Blue Hawaii with Harry Styles. Okay, well then, who? Now we have to cast the rest of it. All right. Um, Helen Mirren as uh, Angela Lansbury. Love it. Um, can we get that? Um, that one lady that she's in everything. She was in Seinfeld, where she played Frank Costanza's love interest, and like she was in. Um, you know, uh, crazy ex-girlfriend. She played Josh's mom. She plays like everyone's. Oh, like she, is the Polynesian grandmother? Yeah, that's who's got to be the Polynesian grandmother. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you for that. Um, I think Kiernan Shipka as Eleanor because <laughs> the spanking scene. I think you can't. You have to put that in unedited. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, that's a big part of this movie. So that's it's central to, to the plot. But you know what? No, I say. I say we update it, right? So we do the 2023 spin on it. Here's my pitch. It's Harry Styles that drowns and she pulls him out and spanks him. And then spanks him. I mean, yeah. Kieran Shipka spanking Harry Styles is Is more than a few people's dreams. (laughs) Including, I hope, Kieran Shipka's. She wanted to do something with NASA. Yeah, but I didn't remember And then at the end, he signs up and becomes an astronaut. Yeah, I did not remember him ever saying that he wanted to be an astronaut. And... That just makes me sad because we didn't get Elvis in space. Yeah. I don't know how we didn't get Elvis in space. I feel like if they made like five more movies, we would have gotten they were Elvis like, in yeah, space. Yeah, if he hadn't had the 68 comeback special where he went back to performing, Elvis in space was like next on the docket. Yeah, which like based on I mean, we've, we only have a limited sample size, but I can only imagine Elvis in space would have involved him fleeing to space to escape people pursuing him and then uh falling in love with a martian girl who was wise to his tricks who uh was initially resistant but eventually fell for the earth man right yeah when he sang a song about zero gravity i think you just wrote elvis in space is what i think just happened yeah (laughs) that's that is a hundred percent what happened (laughs) Um, and I'm here for it. Elvis in space. Uh, also, Austin oh my, Butler, what you up to? Oh my God. The song you're out of this world would have been for sure. The A side. You, you, you know that there would have been an Elvis cover of fly me to the moon. Oh yeah. He has to do fly me to the moon. He has to do an original song called you're out of this world. And then, like, probably one really, like, kind of rocky, bluesy, you know, like, 
um what's oh be like there ain't no uh peanut butter banana sandwiches in space he would have said like, nailed it yeah <laughs> nailed it <laughs> no notes <laughs> Say there ain't no peanuts, there ain't no butter, there ain't no peanut butter, banana sandwich in space. Oh, home. Oh, home. So oh I, yeah. So take me home. <laughs> I think One what day. we're saying is let's pitch a movie where Jeremy Irons, Al Pacino, and Harrison Ford are three old grandfathers who uh, have to work together. No, to... all they do, they're the alibi for their sons who are robbing a bank. <laughs> and their job is to bore the police with their Abe Simpson-esque anecdotes. <laughs> See, I was wearing an onion on my belt, as was the fashion at the time. Well, uh, no, I remember that my son was with me because we were talking about airplanes. And, uh, you know, I was saying that I like Cessnas, and uh, he he was talking about... Uh, the Boeing company and the and the work that they've done in aviation. Yeah, that was a good hair support. I like thank, that. that. Thank you. Well done. You just talk about uh, airplanes. Yeah. Um, no, you. They each get one take to do their scene. Yep. But here's whatever a, they want to do with it. Look, I'm not normally a method guy, but the way that we do it is we also make them wait two hours to film it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we just keep saying, oh, very sorry, Mr. Ford. There's a problem with the lights. We're trying to get them set up, but just keep, it'll be any minute now. Just, 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 hang tight. just hold. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I gotta leave. And we also, sorry, just, we were also filming all of that. That all yes, goes in the It's movie. all on film. It's all, <laughs> we're going to use inter, intercut things. Um, Here's the question. Who interrogates them? <sighs> That's a great question. I don't know why I first thought best thought, but I mean, I, it's the I came up with the idea that seemingly every auteur male director did this past year. Anyway, Margot Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Adam Driver, but I, Margot Robbie works. OK, so it's Margot Robbie and Adam Driver. Good. Cop, Obviously, bad she's the them. bad cop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's like putting cigarette butts out on their hands. And Adam Driver is just like, I can't control her. I'm so sorry. She's, she's I just, like, I can't control her. I can't. I can't. There's a lot of scenes where he's holding her back. <laughs> she's like, let me at him. <laughs> like, Margo, no. <laughs> can't do that. And she, Stop. I know what you're thinking. And don't worry. She definitely turns in her badge and her gun and is off the case. Yes. And, it's, it's, and then vigilantes her way to justice. Yeah. And she uh, murders. Ladies and gentlemen, Hardily Quinn part two. She she ends up murdering Jeremy Irons in the end. Yes. Yeah. By hand. Just bare fists. Just just beats him to death. <laughs> and his last words are actually somebody had fun and then he dies. <laughs> Do you think he was a good professor? No. Right. He couldn't well, have cared. Hmm. Well, we see. I we think see he in good Raiders. lectures. Yeah, we see in Raiders that like he and the the girls loved him. Yeah, the girls did love him, but and the one guy. But I can't imagine that he was very interested in grading papers. I don't think people learned a lot in his classes, or I don't think people grew as students in his classes. They may have learned and heard a bunch of great stories. Well, also, how like. 
how much is he teaching? How much is he in the classroom versus how much is he out? You Just know, gallivanting. Gallivanting. It seems like he'd be consistent for like a few weeks and then he's canceling class. Oh, you're you're getting a sub for a good third of the year. Yeah, I hope you enjoy Indiana Jones's TA, which holy shit, Andy. Andy, is this our pitch? This is our pitch. <laughs> it is. Indiana Jones's teacher's assistant. Oh my god. It's Oh, it's just that it you find like someone that can play De- a young Denim Elliot as the dean of students. <laughs> And he's just like, well, and Dr. Jones isn't here, so it's going to have to be you, Charles. And it's just it's almost like the King speech kind of thing where it's just a guy that's very knowledgeable, but he's very nervous and sweaty. And he's just fumbling all his papers and all of the students are super disappointed because they're, they just want to be thirsting over Dr. Jones. Right. Like all these girls show up and it's just this like just really just ill-equipped young grad student who immediately spills all of his papers the second he oh walks yeah this just as soon as he walks in the room and he's just like well uh we should say we're supposed to lecture about the uh ancient sumerians and uh well um from this excavation well as dr jones would have described it um it's just but uh oh Aww. And it's like set simultaneously while Raiders is happening. And then the end is that, you know, he runs into Dr. Jones and it's like, you know, man, it, it was terrible. Like it was heroin. <laughs> like I would have traded places. I don't know where you were at Dr. Jones, but I would have. But I would have given anything. <laughs> and he just gives him that like little eyebrow raise and. Yeah. Sure, kid. So you get Brian Doyle Murray is in this film as one of the crewmen. His name is Skunk. And he is dressed in a classic fisherman look where he has a little red cap and he's got the kind of striped shirt and everything. And it hit me. He's obviously the brother of Bill Murray, who wore a strikingly similar red hat and fisherman outfit in The Life Aquatic. Yes. That's just a weird... Who are both copying Jacques Cousteau. Well, right. Yeah. But it it just hit me that like, yeah, there there is a. Uh, or Cousteau. Sorry. Cousteau's uh, Pink Panther. Yeah. Cousteau. Uh, Inspector. Anyways, yeah. Inspector Jacques Cousteau. Yes. That's our hybrid character that he yes. solves sea crimes. Yeah. Sea mysteries. Yes. On a, on a crime solving boat. Yeah, He's on a crime solving boat. And and the problem is that a lot of the murders fall under maritime law. So right. which is crazy. It's just wild west. Yeah. So it's really like a part of it is proving it, but it's even harder to actually have someone held accountable. Because then they're like, no, just walk the plank. Like you're the murderer. Okay. Well, I'm gonna murder you. Walk the plank. So it's right. a lot of what he deals with. But Chris McDonald, look, I mean, these types of movies that you know are obviously this. I think the stuff Adam Sandler was doing in the '90s. Uh, or even just a long tradition of, you know, a movie where there's a hero and there's some sort of mustache twirling villain that's, you know, trying to close the rec center, trying to win the golf tournament, trying to whatever. I would argue that I don't think anyone has ever been better than Chris McDonald at being it because you hate him instantly and like 
I want to believe, and I don't have enough of a background to say one way or the other, I want to believe that he is the nicest man on the planet. I think he'd have to be, because I don't think he would get the work if he wasn't. If he was in any way as smarmy as the douches that he plays on screen, he, I don't think he could be around him. No. But man, like he just does smarmy so well. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Like he's... He's a great villain, and that is why I'm going to – we kind of teased it earlier, but I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to manifest it. Someday, he should play Vince McMahon in hopefully what is a scathing (laughs) biopic. One day. Like, I mean, he would be so perfect as as Vincent Kennedy McMahon. It would – yeah, no notes. I would love to see it happen. Even if it's like the thinly veiled, uh, not too dissimilar from a movie we might watch next week with maybe a Mr. Lars Periwinkle, where it's not a direct, you know, biopic, but it's very clearly inspired by something. Yeah. No, if he needs to play, you know, uh, Stan McKinnon or something. Yeah. Owner of the World Alliance Wrestling. Yeah. Dan McVincent. <laughs> something yeah something something um i think kennedy mcvince eddie McVin- <laughs> kennedy mcvince <laughs> ken mcvincity there it is ken mcvincity <laughs> owner um, of the world wildlife fund i like that the tagline is the first hip-hop whodunit <laughs> i guess that's correct does i guess <laughs> I guess. Is it really a whodunit? Like, you no, kind of know, know where it's going the, whole time. the entire time, right? Yeah, the, it's, it does Columbo. Like, it shows us the villain in Act One. <laughs> like, right. Oh, Hip Hop Columbo would be awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Who would be Hip Hop Columbo? Oh. Uh, it would have to be someone that's like older. It might be Busta now. <laughs> it might be Busta now. It might be Ice T. Uh, or, yeah. or Ice Cube now could right yeah Ice Cube is hip hop Columbo is something I want to see him and doing the just needs to be called hip hop Columbo hip hop Columbo one hundred percent yeah we were pitching this and it's yeah it's Ice Cube and he does the one more thing you know he like he, right. like he's like, leaving one more thing motherfucker <laughs> yeah. you beat me to it god damn it <laughs> I was loading it up <laughs> had it in the I had it in the barrel already so I know see I slept on it. Arguably, it's not until Beauty and the Beast where you have a Disney villain in Gaston who is the hero of his own story, even if he is still the villain of that movie. Like, all the other villains are flat out evil. Yeah. Just nothing like whether it's Maleficent, whether it's the the Wicked Queen from Snow White, whether it's uh, Man from Bambi, no redeeming qualities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which and, is and, the next you know, Disney Plus uh, prequel? So they're making they're making Man from Bambi as <laughs> a sympathetic origin story. It turns out several deer killed his mom, so that yeah, was why yeah. <laughs> that uh, this man le- le- single handedly led a rebellion against the evil deer overlords <laughs> and subjugated them to the forest. Uh, and and now this is his one last chance at revenge. <laughs> Oh, is it so like one of those why... insider videos that's like, here's yes. a professional kidnapper reviewing kidnappings in movies? Which, yes. hey, 
Insider, I don't think they've done that one yet, and they should. So that's a freebie for Insider, if you're yeah, listening. Uh, holler at your boys uh, with, with some some of that sweet Look, YouTube ad. I know money. what you're thinking. You're like, okay, we're going to get a professional kidnapper. Great idea, guys. And we're going to mail you a check. But w- our concern is what other movies besides Saving Silverman? Goodfellas. Boom. Right there. Silence of the Lambs. That's three. That's good. Kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the movie Kidnapped. <laughs> That's already what's the, four. What's the, what's the give me back my son one? It was give me back my son. <laughs> it's it called give me back my son. Also, Taken, you're talking about payback. Taken yeah. two, Taken three. Any of the Takens. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a ton of kidnapping movies right there. So, yeah. <laughs> a real life kidnapper rates <laughs> kidnapping scenes from movies. Yeah, I am here for it. Yeah, totally. And I think that my prediction is that Silence of the Lambs got it the best. Yeah, I mean, in that if it wasn't for Clarice, he would have gotten away with it, and his little dog too. <laughs> <laughs> Give me back my dog! You're mean pain. If you happen to see him in L.A., Joel, please just ask him about this movie. Yeah, I'm sure. Are we I'll, saying I'll... we want Jim Jarmusch to direct an Adam Sandler movie? Is that what we're oh, saying? 100% that's now, what we're that saying. Would be, what if he did an Adam Sandler be... movie with no jokes? Like, it was like this. So it's Adam Sandler. Punch but Drunk it's, Love. But it's, no, but it's not. It's not Uncut Jim's. Right. It's not Punch Drunk Love. It's right. It has the trappings of an Adam Sandler comedy. It's Adam Sandler playing uh, Arrested Development Manchild. Yeah, he's a he's a young he's a man who's supposed to take over his father's empire who is too irresponsible, oh, but it's not yeah, right. funny. Right. <laughs> and everyone like Kevin Nealon is in it, like David yes. Spade's in it, like we get right. all of the <laughs> Steve Buscemi right. obviously oh, is going to Yeah, the be whole Happy Madison gang is in it. Yeah. Yeah, but they yeah. again, none of them do it. And also please put Tom Waits in that movie. Yes. Um, Tom Waits plays Adam Sandler He plays his dad, his rich dad I I would say I did not like the character When the movie started But I liked him by the time it ended I think that that's a good way to put it I think I liked him the whole time I think just because Clark Duke as an actor And as as a persona Is not the person you'd think of As the absolutely just Crushing pussy ladies man it's definitely like, like against type the the casting, and, and I appreciated that. Um, and like his line delivery, I thought was phenomenal. All like I think he landed all his jokes really well. I mean, I don't disagree um, with any I, of that, but it's an odious character at the start. Oh, he's the, oh, so I I don't I don't like the character as someone I would want to be friends with. But I think it's a good it's character someone that you want to be. Andy, what Andy is saying oh, yeah. is that he loves this character, and that's who he aspires to be. I think that's yeah. I think I made half. that abundantly clear. Yeah. The first, and half. then then as he, then as he himself pivots, mm. <laughs> yeah. Then you're not as mm. into it. But that that act one <laughs> version of that Chris. act one, Lance. Let me t- two thumbs up, <laughs> no notes. That that is who I aspire to be in my day to day life. Yeah, uh, just negging chicks left and right. Yeah, you're always you know. doing it. Yeah, just putting them down because you know. They're just inferior. That's that's how I look at the world. That's that's the lens at which I view the world. Uh, those are lies. Just want to make that abundantly clear. 
Um, yeah. But no, but like, you can he's you can learn about them all in Andy's pickup artist series that he does. It's a separate yeah. podcast that I will not be on. He's invited me so many times and I'm like, I can't do it. I can't be associated with it. And and then he tells me I have real beta energy and I just roll my eyes and, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's Mackin with Andy Mack. And uh, <laughs> you can <laughs> you can check it out wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, this is not on the Peaks uh, the Network. We we turned it down. Yeah, and it's it's since blown up to be the th- uh, third highest pickup artist podcast in America. Oh, to be clear, to give Andy his full <laughs> respect, it is way more popular than this show. Yeah. Oh, I, I I have sponsors from Me Undies, Purple Mattress. There's a lot all of the big ones. There's a lot of weird pills and supplements that you seem to be promoting all the time. A lot of a lot of boner yeah. pills. A lot of like nutrition. I don't know. It it's, sounds you know a little sketchy. Well, my friend me. Conrad Thompson uh, <laughs> set me up with a lot of those companies, and I just think they're good. They're good. They're good. They're good people. They do good work, and I want to give them the support that they need. So imagine this, okay? You're in your house, going about your day. Your sister also lives there, I guess. I don't know, but whatever. I don't know what your reality is. You're a salesman. You're Adam Scott. You're just enjoying clearly like a lazy day. You don't have a lot going on. You're just in your nice house, right? It's a lazy day in San Francisco Hills. Yeah. You're just chilling. Seems like you're in a nice neighborhood. You got you got the whole day in front of you. Knock on the door. Two people show up and they, they're like, I'm Andy and this is Joyce. And your name is Andy and your sister's name is Joyce. That would be the weirdest fucking thing that ever happened. That would be the weirdest day of my life. Yeah. <laughs> There are two people in this house and these two strangers just showed up with the identical names and they're claiming to know me. (laughs) I would assume I was getting pranked. Yeah, that would be because they're like, no, is because then that's what they keep saying. Like, is Andy here? We need to talk to Andy. We know Andy and you're Andy. But also that guy's name is also Andy. I would assume that this was the beginning of maybe a Black Mirror episode and I was wasn't actually the, the proof it was a simulation. I don't know. Yeah, I would say his reaction is not shocked enough. No, he is not. He is he is nowhere near as plussed as he should be. He's he's very nonplussed about it. Yeah. So just um because yeah, because like think about it, like if someone showed up at your door, let's say in the next four minutes and said, uh, hi, my name is Joel. This is my sister, Molly, and we're looking for Joel and Molly because we have a dog named Jolene. You'd be weirded out. That would be very weird. <laughs> About three and a half minutes now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, seriously, like that is a very bizarre thing to have happen. Yeah. No, it's, and- it's very weird, and I don't think it gets the weight that it should. No, especially like if I meet this guy that claims to have dated my dad and then my sister is named after her. I've got follow up questions. Yeah, which again, he would know because he knows that. Yeah, I don't. Or he would just never know why his sister was named Joyce. Yeah. Also, when they leave, was Joyce just like, who who are those people? (laughs) What's that? What, What just happened? No, what were their names? Oh, their names were uh, Andy and Joyce. What? Get the hell out of it. Wait, no. Call, call them back. <laughs> I've got questions. <laughs> I just shook hands with an elderly woman, and then 
Is that was she, it. Is she me from the future? Is she fucking me from the future? Is she, is, she, is she me from the future? Does she like tell me what's going to happen? How do I die? Do I, do I get... <laughs> can I pull off curls like that now? Because I got the straight bob going on. Could I, could I do curls? Is that why she's here? Is she here to tell me to change my hair? Is that what it is? <laughs> is that what's happening? <laughs> we just made a better movie. Yeah. Our movie is just that scene, but it's three hours long. No, our movie. So, yeah, our movie is just that scene. And it, it starts with just that scene. And just the whole movie is Ari Grainer being convinced that Barbara Streisand is her from the future. And nothing can happen to sway her from that thought. And that's just the through line to the movie. It's just her keep. It's like, wait, you knew I was going to do that today, didn't you? No. You have to say that, don't you? No, <laughs> she <laughs> she follows her to the airport and then flies back to New Jersey and is just like peering at Kathy and Jimmy's like, I think there's someone in your window. Like I don't... <laughs> every time she meets a guy, she's like, wait, did you lead me here? So I would meet this guy. Is this going to be my future husband? Is this our future husband? Oh, my God. Wait, your son's name is Andy. Did did you name? Did, do we name him after my brother? Does my brother die? And then we name the kid after him. Is that why his name is Andy? Does that happen soon? Oh my god, is he gonna die? Does he have to die before I find the person I'm gonna marry? Like, should should I keep using contraception until we know that my brother's dead? Because <laughs> I'll I'll pull the goalie if I what, tell me what if to that, do. If, oh, goodness, that's a good movie. I, we should write this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, the idea that someone believes that someone is them from the future because they have the same name and it's an older person. It's brilliant. If if it's not a good movie, it's a good I think you should leave sketch. Totally. <laughs> Let's. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. There's so, someone at my so, door. Someone's at the door. That's yeah, weird. Hold on. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Give, give you a second. Hello? What? Your name's what? No. She's Molly? <laughs> that's your... Your dog's name is Shirley. That's that's insane. That's crazy. I'm sorry. I'm I'm just in the middle of a podcast, so I can't. No, no, no. But you'll hang out. Okay, great. Cool. Yeah, just give me like a couple minutes. Perfect. If there's anybody, any of the hogs that I would want to spend time with, it's Bill Macy. Well, then you date Bill Macy, and here's I will. And here's my idea. How about Rosaria Dawson dates Marissa Tomei because they both deserve it. I mean, you know, Joel's dreams come to life. What can I say? <laughs> I, I would watch a movie where they. Oh, this is the movie, right? So mm -hmm. they're both married to schlubs. Mm -hmm. uh, those schlubs are played by. Hmm. Who's a good schlub? Kevin James is one of them. And then he dies. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's Kevin James and his brother, right? From all those dog who saved from movies. all those dog who saves movies. It's the James boys. They're they're and they're brothers in the movie. Yeah, and they're and one is married to Marissa Tomei and one is married to Rosario Dawson. Yeah, and um, let's say both of the James boys die. Screw it. Yeah, there's there is something horrific. Uh, or no, even better. They get lost at sea. So everyone thinks they're dead. Yeah, I like it. They get and we never see them again until the the, the final reel. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and uh, through their explorations of grief, Rosario Dawson and Marissa Tomei, and you just see there's a montage, right, of all of just the C-plus schlubs that they've dated their whole lives before settling down Yeah, with the James boys. And uh, through that, they find love with each other. Mm-hmm. And they're happy and they're healthy. And uh, you have an adorable, like, precocious moppet of a kid who calls it's it's Auntie Mama Marissa. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's the thing. And and so on. Uh, and then, um, you know, then the James boys come back and they see how happy they are uh, and then they kill themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Might need some work in the third act, but I feel like up to that point, we got some gold. I think that they should just like here. Here's the nicer end because I feel like we're going to get notes. I like the ending, but I feel like the, the studio is <laughs> not going to go for it. So this is what I'm picturing. They they walk up to the window like they're both they're, man. They're going to be so excited to see us. And then they peer. They see in through the window. They're happy with each other. The kid is happy and they just look at each other and they sort of without saying anything, they give each other a nod and they just turn back around and get back on the boat. And just head back out to sea. <laughs> I know they just walk into the ocean. They just walk into the ocean. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, I think that's it. All right. We did it. We figured it out. Um, yeah. And then the credits roll while they're just walking out past the breakers. And the, we time it. So the last of the credits, they're both wearing hats. And all that's left is just their hats just floating on the top of the water. And then a shark swims by. <laughs> Ow. But it, it makes, makes a lion sound. roar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in Jaws the Revenge. Yeah. Um, I think this is the second best gay romance we've ever come up with. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lasagna and Cubanas. What if, this never, is, what if this is in the Lasagna and Cubano cinematic universe? Oh, it's definitely in the Lasagna and Cuban. Like one of them is uh, the Marissa Tomei is. Uh, well, you know, they're one. They're the granddaughters of the Lasagna and the Cubanos guys. <laughs> perfect <laughs> um and they go to their their grandfathers for advice and you know that's part of their journey to finding each other and they finally get the movie romance that they both deserve which is each other man i would have loved to have seen uh john leguizamo and robin williams do a movie together i think that that would have been electric i think uh both of their sort of improvisational like character styles i think could have played off each other or it could have been insufferable is the other possibility <laughs> but uh, at any rate i wanted to, to see just it be making jokes there'd be, it'd be all bits the whole thing would be bits <laughs> I, I mean we're all improvisers i think that'd be great <laughs> i think the pitch would have been it's like my dinner with andre it's just that's the whole setup is they're just having dinner and there's no script it's you just film them for two hours like talking about yeah i would talking. watch that you're right i yeah, would watch that yeah <laughs> i would watch the hell out of that movie everyone talks about the monkeys and i remember the monkeys but the army ants might be dumber because that's not how is. anything works i think it is dumber yeah because the monkeys are silly but they're monkeys monkeys do silly stuff but these yeah. ants are able to consume all human flesh and bone in like two seconds i guess but then these ants selectively will not do that sometimes. Well, they the really skull. Like Russian. Yeah. And the skull, I don't know, stopped them, I guess. Because it's magnetic and these ants have magnet locating abilities. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, 
don't know. If those are how ants really behaved, Ant-Man would be a much more powerful superhero. It'd be dark. I would love that, actually, if there was a scene in an Ant-Man movie where we just saw Paul Rudd just being goofy and, you know, just he's just like, trying to... Him, boys! Yeah, and they just devour oh, no. oh, the no. villain oh, like god. oh god <laughs> what have i done oh oh god <laughs> not that i didn't no, mean so, that <laughs> i didn't want that at all <laughs> and then the rest of the movie is his ptsd for being just a gruesome murderer and then everyone just be like his daughter and his ex-wife and everyone, call the ants why don't you call the ants and then, no i can never call the ants never calling the ants again <laughs> you must never call the ants <laughs> We can talk about the utterly baffling fact that in taking this movie, Dune, he turned down an offer from George Lucas to direct Return of the Jedi. Um, I, While true, I think that he would have turned it down anyway. Well, right. And from what I was reading, the, the quote at least attributed to him is that he told George Lucas, that's your thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's not my thing. It's, it's not your my thing. thing. So yeah, I don't think he ever was gonna. It was more just that he was offered Return of the Jedi, which is also strange. But yeah, I guess to your point before, this was early enough in David Lynch's career that people maybe weren't sure what a David Lynch movie was or could be. But it's it's hilarious now to think of him being offered. Like if he was offered a Fast and Furious or like, you know, a Jurassic Park. Oh, my God. If David Lynch directed a Fast XI. <laughs> they have to drive. Probably. They have to drive backwards. <laughs> it's it's just Mulholland Drive recast with Fast and Furious people. <laughs> it's all on the Mulholland Drive. They have to race. Yeah, the race Michelle around those Rodriguez curves. is Naomi Watts and Jordana Brewster is, you know. Hot, by uh, the way. Hot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vin Diesel is the guy behind the diner. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, um, Ludacris is the no band that doesn't show up on stage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's Tyrese that has to come out and announce there's no band. And he's very uncomfortable. He's like, there's no band. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> like Marvel did the same thing with, cause there was an X-Men comic book that was like the TV show X-Men. That was completely separate, but that was almost all just drawn, just comic books of the episodes. And weirdly, most of the comics uh, issues just involve Wolverine lying in bed, staring at a picture frame. That yeah, was like 90% of them. Every third panel. Yeah. <laughs> Which, look, Ryan Reynolds, if you're listening, and we know that you are, you got to put Hugh Jackman in a bed looking at a picture frame in the new Deadpool of Famke film. Jansen. Yeah, and it has to be a picture of Famke Jamsen. Ah, you know who I'm saying. Famke Jamsen. (laughs) But yeah. It would be funnier if like he just had pictures of all of the actresses that it's like he's like one hand is Famke Jansen, the other hand is Sophie Turner, and he just keeps looking back and forth. (laughs) Or I mean, what I feel like they're they're going to do, and you can put this down as an official prediction, is it'll be a photo of Ryan Reynolds that he's looking at. That that might that might be the thing. Mm-hmm. Either Deadpool or actor Ryan Reynolds, who is a character in the Deadpool films. I think it's I think it'll be actor Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, which would be funnier, I think. If you're not going to adapt the book faithfully, why bother at all when 
the book is just based on Greek myths. You could just do your own thing. Like, if you don't want to do what the book did, just write your own movie. Like, you could, we could all do that, by the way. It's just a, an idea of, I don't know, if for some reason you were mad at the studios right now and you wanted to make your own thing. No one can stop you from making a movie about Thor. That's a public domain character. You could just go out, say that you're a writer and you have nothing to do right now and your friends are actors and they're also not working at the moment. You could just make a Thor movie. Just saying that. Just putting that out there. You could 100% make a Thor movie. Yeah. And hell, if you wanted to say capitalize on something that was maybe teased a little bit in another movie... You could have Thor fight Hercules. You could definitely have Thor fight Hercules. Those are both characters from mythology that are super available, you know, so just. And know. hell, if you wanted Winnie the Pooh to be there, he could too. Yeah. And pretty soon you could add Steamboat Willie into that mix. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, we're not we're not saying anything. We're just saying. Yeah. Just. just and also, all of this can take place uh, in the world of the Great Gatsby. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and there can be a Dracula and a Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Making out in the in the corner. Yeah, they can. Yeah. The whole time. Like, you could do that. Okay. No one so, could stop you. Uh, okay, this is what, yeah, I think this is the idea, right? So you have, you do the classic, so you start with Thor fighting Hercules because they're fighting over <laughs> the girl that uh used to date well, Jane obviously is her name that's a generic name you're you can use that uh yeah but uh <laughs> that Thor used to date her and now she's married to Hercules and so Thor's been throwing all these parties uh at, you know at um you know in Asgard right <laughs> hoping to get her which is attention. which is right across the street from Olympus hoping it, that she'll notice hoping that she'll notice. and one day show up to the party <laughs> and one day show up and so all of that happens and uh, then his cousin Frankenstein. But that's what uh, I mean. Or, is well, it? no, Jane's cousin Frankenstein <laughs> just happens to be uh, renting the guest house next door to uh, Mount Olympus or, or Asgard. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> we did it. Yeah, we did it. Yeah. Um. Perfect. No notes. And then, um, car accident Her- on the rainbow. Then Hercules bridge. commits vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> yeah, on the rainbow bridge. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. Oh God, I want this movie to exist. I mean, it can. It can it be can. yours. There's no one can stop anyone from doing that. <laughs> I would have watched buddy comedy, human befriends predator, and they have to survive together. If that happened in the first 15 minutes of this movie, this movie is—I don't know if it's great, but it's way more entertaining. All right, here's the movie. Okay. We're going to make this. This is the movie. All right. Act one is just Predator. Yeah. I, I'm down with that. Like, I think that's the thing that they, they overthink, too. If you opened with a shot of us following Predators, I think the opening clip that we played at the top of this podcast shows you can just do that. You don't need no. human dialogue. But I mean, I'm even saying, I'm even saying, like, let's say this movie, it's humans crash land on a distant planet, and then the opening the op- for act one is literally just the movie predator oh i thought you were saying it's just we just open on a predator no i'm saying the act one predator. is the movie predator okay because i'm just thinking because i'm just thinking like this is paul anderson you know so he could do a 20 minute wordless following of a predator 
like there will be blood, sure. you know, kind of yeah. thing, you know, yeah, yeah. it's right. just exactly. wordless, <laughs> beautifully shot. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, so, so act one is predator and so humans are trying to survive while fighting because they happen to just crash land on the same planet as predators near a predator, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's that first act is the predator winnowing down the humans. Um, and then it's like the last couple of humans and they stumble upon the aliens. And so then you have a, then you, then the second act is aliens mm, alien more than aliens right and then the third act is you have the buddy cop comedy where the the last human and the last predator team up to kill the aliens and then that's the movie i still don't think it's enough of the buddy cop thing you know the 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 here's i like it though but i think that how about this okay sure there's two spaceships that we they're together because otherwise it would be too coincidental but like they're they each you know, maybe it's two halves of a spaceship like it bursts open as it's entering the atmosphere it's kind of a a lost season one and season two situation where the front half lands in one area of this planet and the the back half lands on a completely different and the whole thing at first is just we have to meet up we have to go find the other guys but one side is dropped where the predators are and the other side is dropped where the aliens are. And we're cutting back and forth between the two groups. And then, because then, so you get act two is the buddy comedy where the one uh, person has survived and has befriended and won the respect of the predator. And they, you know, do that weird blood thing or whatever, I guess. And they're going on. And then whoever survives with the aliens, but now, you it's it's sort of lord of the flies like we're we humans are on opposite sides of this battle at this point because we've been in the trenches so you have humans that are friends with the aliens too you know what now that i'm saying it doesn't really make sense but maybe they're not <laughs> friends with the aliens but they're they're full of aliens they, they, they're full of the aliens they have them in their Just chest chestburster 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 well it's like that they you know you have to point being they, they, yeah they're not befriending the aliens but they have been oh okay, used. here's the scene okay all right so we're doing your movie right okay and um so it gets down to like the predator the predator and the last human from that half they kill a xenomorph, mm -hmm. right? And so that's how they like they do the blood thing, whatever. Like that's from the comics. That's canon. That's like a whatever. And then they come upon another. They find the other group of humans, but they're all knocked out with face huggers on them. Yes. Yeah. And the predator just starts slaughtering them because mm -hmm. he knows. Yeah. Yeah. But the and then the humans and then don't. the other human tries to stop him. Yeah, and there's like this other fight, and then you get the chestburster, the first chestburster, and then you have the third act is like the last like however many uh, aliens escaped fighting the human and the predator. Because now the human realizes to listen to the predator, and they're on the same page. Right. That's that's a great movie. Okay, Hollywood, holler at your goddamn boys. Let yeah. let Joel and I make. A good AVP movie. They do a good job of differentiating the three of them. Uh, 
choppy slappy and skippy i think their names are i know i was just trying to pull that up i meant to have it it's, because it's, it's it's celtic chopper and scar because look that's also the bonus silver lining within the silver lining those are good nicknames for predators i know which one's which yes yeah it's solid <laughs> Um, and then the one alien that gets uh, marked by the Predator's laser net um, becomes like Gridface or Nethead or something like that. Not and as so good. It gets re- not as good, but it's a thing. Sounds like an insult that someone would call Spider-Man in a 90s comic. Yes. Um, Can it, Nethead? Yep. But now thinking about like nicknames for anonymous monsters, now I kind of want to do like a triple threat match of aliens versus predators versus gremlins. Ooh. So I'm just thinking because, you know, put a pen in the (laughs) the predators for a second. So aliens versus gremlins, because I, I need to figure out the rules because gremlins, if you feed them after midnight and you get them wet, they create more gremlins. So if... Uh, a mogwai has a face hugger on it and then it gets <laughs> it turned into a gremlin while there's a xenomorph gestating inside of it then does does a, do a bunch of gremlins with xenomorphs inside spawn or like how does that All right, work? well here's the interesting thing all right so <laughs> This this needs to be talked about. And you were worried we weren't going to get to 45 on this podcast. <laughs> I, I would never say that to you off the air right before we started. <laughs> I'm always confident that we have a lot to say about these movies. All right. So. All right. So here's this movie, because uh, get ready for at least three pitches from this episode, making our year end episode. Um, all right. So. An alien, mm-hmm. a facehugger gets on a mogwai after midnight. Mm-hmm. Because it sticks something in its face hole, that counts as feeding it. Right. Solid. You know, so that makes sense. So then you get. So then you get the, the alien gremlin hybrid, I think, because like it builds the cocoon and then, oh, God, then you have the chest burster burst out of the cocoon mm-hmm. rather than the gremlin. And it's like got the like the gremlin bat, like lizard bat ears. And but it's also an alien. Can it's it be also the- a xenomorph. Any chance it's the sexy gremlin? Oh, I think it's definitely the sexy gremlin. <laughs> also, I think we're all leading because obviously Gremlins 2, the superior Gremlins film. I think everyone agrees with me on that. And I am not in any way going out on a limb by saying that. But I'm with you. I love yeah. Gremlins too. But I think it all leads to the scene at the end that is a mirror of the scene in this film where uh, uh, Gizmo having been hardened by this battle where he fights all of the uh, alien uh, gremlin hybrids gets marked by the predator that he befriended as a show of respect. And he trades in his little like uh, Q-tip bow or whatever that he built for a piece of predator tech weapon. <laughs> he that just he has now- the little shoulder cannon. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing is that like, so... Uh, aliens are notoriously dripping with goo. Yeah. It's just a thing. They're always wet. They are. So they're just constantly <laughs> giving birth promise. to more aliens. It's the promise. That's the alien promise. <laughs> oh, God. Now, oh, man, I didn't I didn't know until 
three minutes ago that in my life I wanted aliens versus predators versus gremlins. I'm also picturing the poster that is the poster from this movie where you have the alien and the predator face to face. But then in the middle is just a gremlin like looking to camera. And if we can get Phoebe Cates involved somehow. I mean, I say that about every one of our pitches for sure. Yeah, so we can get Phoebe Cates involved somehow. And if we can also find a different holiday for it to take place on, that she had a traumatic event take place on that day. Because that is the silliest thing that they do in Gremlins 2. It's it's one of the best jokes in Gremlins 2. Yeah, is that they take her trauma from the first movie. and Her, like, very real moment of, like, sad Christmas-related trauma and completely lampoon it with President's Day. I think what we're trying to say is Gremlins 2 is a masterpiece. Well, and then even in the end, when uh, Ron Perlman's character gets burned alive while hugging the demon. Which is weird. Um, that's the sentence I love that I just said, and mm-hmm. it's absolutely accurate. Yep. It, no, 100%. That happened. <laughs> um, uh, by the way, burned alive while hugging a demon is the title of my autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it follows which... the rise of Macking It with Andy Mack, the podcast, and, and goes on. Which also... You have to buy the book to find out. That title makes sense, but we won't give it away here. It makes a lot of... We're not gonna, I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. But once you read the book, you're like, oh. And it's not what you think. It's not... You could you could guess... You could make 100 guesses and you probably wouldn't get it. But if you made 101 guesses, you might get you it. Almost, you almost certainly would get it. Yeah. After, on that 101st <laughs> guess. <laughs> yeah. But 100 in no chance. Yeah. You could guess make 100 guesses. Zero for 100, you would go. Yeah. You might be one for 101. Yeah. And if you had 102 guesses and you don't get it, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I mean, what is wrong with you? I would watch a movie that was just Nick Cage fighting Ron Perlman. Yeah, in any context. Even if it was just a real life, like, put them in the octagon, have them fight, I'd watch that movie. You know what I want? I don't know why. This is immediately what I thought of when we started talking about it. I want to see them fight in a grocery store. For like the last Trader Joe's frozen dinner that they both are reaching for. And it's one of those weird Trader Joe's frozen dinners like where it's like kind of ethnic and you're like, this is a little weird. That It's like you're really going to eat the sog paneer from Trader Joe's <laughs> like that's your go to. Yeah, but they they're both reach for it at the same time. And we've seen up until that point that they're both having a terrible day and they just want to get home. And they just uh, want to make this sad TV dinner alone. And. They both reach for it, and it's just an all-out brawl. And here's the thing, is we see their sad days in two six-minute montages. Exactly, yeah. And then the the remaining 84 minutes of the runtime. It's Yeah, it's like, <laughs> if you liked that scene in... Um, they Live. They Live, where they fight, it's that, but way longer. It's that, but for a little more than an hour. Also, weirdly, Nick Cage is trying to get Ron Perlman to put on a pair of sunglasses, but it's not clear why. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's. Um, and that's actually the prequel to the Rock uh, Trader Joe's movie that we pitched a year or two years ago. Yeah, exactly. The end credits. We just see the Rock uh, who's been afraid to break it up the whole time because if you remember the pitch for that movie, everybody that he can't actually fight. Right. So he's been cowering. He's just terrified watching Nick Cage and Ron Perlman just brawl nonstop. Yeah. And at one point they they go outside of the Trader Joe's or fighting in the parking lot, which is if you've ever been in a Trader Joe's parking lot, cars are just flying at them. It is because there's one lane that works. Yeah. It's just chaos. It's making things even worse. They fight all the way there back into the store 
And yeah, it's it, like you said, it's 84 minutes. On Charlie Hunnam's best day, <laughs> he's not beating Ron Perlman. No, on none of our best days are we beating Ron Perlman, except maybe Nick Cage, but we're not telling you. You have to watch the movie. Yeah. Gotta, gotta watch uh, Cage v. Perlman. <laughs> Which, oh, because that's the other thing. We didn't say it, but they're playing themselves. Oh, you know, they're definitely playing themselves in this movie. There's no doubt in my mind. It's, it's like you literally just see them both have bad days. Okay, but you know what? Six minute montages. You know, Andy, should we give them a little bit of the third act twist? I think people deserve to know. Yeah. In the third act, they they have a little face off thing and they become each other. So you get to see Ron Perlman playing Nick Cage playing Ron Perlman. And you get to see uh, Nick Cage playing Ron Perlman playing Nick Cage. Give us the Oscar. When I think of subtlety in movie making, the first two names that come to mind, Nick Cage and Al Pacino. Have they ever done a movie together? Oh, that's a good question. I, I've just realized that what we all need is a scene where Nick Cage and Al Pacino shout at each other, like just yes. completely over the top angrily <laughs> like just them in each other honestly i think al pacino should play nick cage's dad and it's like a you know some kind of succession sort of thing or something where his dad has all the power and he has to go confront him at the end and they just get into a very loud shouting match and the rock who we just learned after all we've pitched for him refused to go to wrestlemania 39 where we were both there knowing full well that we would be in attendance yeah which i'm heartbroken about i am i'm crestfallen i'm kevin heartbroken about it <sighs> a change of heart is i'm sorry that is a billion dollar movie it is and i know that the rock doesn't need money but you know buddy think nor about does it. kevin hart for that matter that's also true but but Karen... you're, te you're telling me people wouldn't go see a body switching comedy starring Kevin Hart and The Rock. They definitely would. And they'd pay a lot of money to us for it. Yeah. And you don't even need a script. That's the script. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the pitch, whole they're, script. They're themselves. We didn't even make up characters for them. No, it's it's literally the them. Doing a body switching comedy. And mm. for some inexplicable reason, one of them is best friends with Craig Robinson. Also yeah. playing himself. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. 100. I think they should both be co-best friends with Craig Robinson. And he's the one, the first one to realize that, that the rock is Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart is the rock. It's like they keep up their ruse. There's a classic scene where they, they go to explain it to him. They're like, we got to tell you something. And he's like, oh, the rock, you're Kevin and Kevin, you're the rock. And like, it's that kind of what? thing. What? Yeah. How'd you know? Man, come on. Yeah. And then they just keep rolling. Yeah, et cetera. Did Jason take Manhattan? No. No. Okay. I just want to be clear on that. He did not. So, because, all right, now correct me if I'm wrong. But my definition of taking Manhattan mm -hmm. is that you have to meet the son of a famous Broadway producer. Yeah, that's part of it. Who is being given the chance by his father to produce a show. Right. Yeah, checks out. That you produce with your friends. Yeah. And then get entrapped into a marriage with your, like, 
best friend from college. Well, I think you're forgetting an important part, which is that you have to have amnesia and you right, have to right, go right, 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 right. work at a like a, an ad agency, an ad agency. You have to be you a have to go man. corporate. You have to be a corporate, you have to go like madman, completely forget your friends and this woman that wants to marry you. And also at some point, very vital to taking Manhattan is that you have to have a flashback of you as a precocious child in order to uh, backdoor pilot a future animated, animated television series. series. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Jason Babies <laughs> will make your dreams come true. Which I would watch Jason Babies if it was I done. I would watch Jason Babies. If it was done exactly like Muppet Babies, where it was his mom instead of the nanny. The, yeah. And it was just just his mom. You just saw her socks and her shoes. And it was just him. It was the same like stock footage fantasy sequences. But there was always just places that Jason was imagining murdering people someday. Yeah. I would I would watch the hell out of Jason Babies. And then, well, see, here's the question. Because so if you're doing Jason Babies, though, he has to have friends that he's hanging out with. So I think you do. I mean, Freddie, right? Freddie. So I think Freddie is like um, the rabbit that only showed up occasionally. Okay. On Muppet Babies. Yeah. Like, I don't think he's a regular character. I think... I think the rest of the characters are just like various scare teenagers from the movies. Okay. That they, you know what you could do? This would be fun. Every episode ends with him murdering the other babies. And it's yeah, just a so new. It's a, it's a new rash of babies. Okay. Except for one baby murders him at the, like electrocutes him at the end. Yeah. And then he's dead. And then the next episode starts with him coming back to life and his mom bringing in a new batch of campers. Right, of babies to her daycare center. Yeah. Her, that she her, inexplicably keeps being allowed to run despite people well, getting the, murdered. Yeah, it's the Crystal Lake Daycare Center run by Jason's yes. mom, by Mrs. Voorhees. Yes. If anyone ever made a movie that took place with vampires when it was just night all the time, I'm sure that like would be Like it was great. like a whole month of night, a whole month of dark time? That seems like such a good pitch that there's no way we could ever talk about it on this podcast because that's just a home run. Yeah, that l l talk about a license to print horror movie dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which a, um, I did, and uh, most stores will not take them. That's just a little disclaimer. You you print your own horror movie dollars, and I put a lot of thought into them. I had Wolfman was a ten, you know, sure. Dr Dracula was a twenty, the Mummy was a one because you know, come yeah, on, come on, was Frankenstein the five? Yeah, Frankenstein was a five. Frankie five. You know, yeah, five Frankie, oh Frankie fives. Yeah, and uh, like I put a lot of work into them, and I was really proud of them. You know, had my dot matrix printer print them out, and stores will not accept them. Not even in October. I was like, I get it the rest of the year, but uh, now, yeah, I have to. Did you try them at a spirit Halloween? <sighs> no, that's on me. Yeah. So maybe w the next time you cross a spirit Halloween, try your Halloween horror movie dollars. By the way, I'm I'm so uh, sad. The the consistent spirit Halloween near where I live, uh, there was a spot that had popped up every year, and now there's a total wine in the store. So uh, like it was a a, a consistently empty <laughs> building every year that I've lived here until this year, and I'm sad about it. Oh, that is. What if it's both? They should. Yeah. Why it's, not? It's just just call it spirit wine. Or total Halloween. Wine and spirits. Why? Oh, man. Did we just invent the greatest store of all time? Wine and spirits, a combination liquor store and spooky store?
Yeah, except I do think there's going to be confusion because I don't know if you I wine and spirit Halloween maybe. I think you need the mm. Because, yeah, wine and spirit Halloween. Yeah, the pun's too delicious that I think they might just think there are spirits like the alcohol. Spirits. Yeah, that could be that actually kind of tracks yeah. wine and spirits. Mm-hmm. No, okay, so here's no here's what it is. If you're a wine bar, your Halloween party is called wine and spirits. That's good. So let's open a wine bar. Sure. Neither you nor I drink, but yeah. Nope. <laughs> and haven't for many, many years. But that doesn't mean we can't open a wine bar. Right. We can. And I'm just warning everyone now, we only accept spooky bucks. But it yeah. has to be our only spooky. We only accept horror movie dollars. Yeah, it has to be horror movie dollars. But like, you can't print your own. I'm sorry. I, I cornered that market of printing my own. Yeah, and the, I, the, his are serial numbered and watermarked. And I was overly ambitious. That's the main reason. I think this is technically money laundering because I'm just trying to launder the uh, Halloween dollars that I made because I was really ambitious with it. And now I have yeah. a whole closet full of them. A Christmas Carol, which we've made a million versions of. But the prequel to that that's about Marley, that would be sick. Like just to find out just how just to see how cruel Marley was. And if he could have been redeemed. Like, was he close? Because presumably they did this to him. He he had his own Christmas carol. But did, yeah, did he get Christmas caroled? I assume that he did, right? Or maybe that he didn't get Christmas caroled. And then he and he was down in like, hell. He's like, no, we have to Christmas carol Ebenezer. He's down in hell like, do we ever think about Christmas caroling everybody? It's a new thing I just made up, but we should do it. So he, uh, with the help of uh, John Milton... Nicholas Cage, he escapes from hell. Yeah. Or so this Jacob Marley biopic is set in the uh, Drive Angry universe. <laughs> I think all movies should be set in the Drive Angry universe. Until I hear otherwise, I assume a movie is set in the Drive, Drive Angry universe. But I'm also thinking maybe the move is that instead of it being like a prequel, maybe it's just a Christmas Carol from Marley's perspective. And what we find out is that he is redeemed. By doing the Christmas Carol, that that's what allows his soul to rest. And as it the ends in like this great moment of him, like the chains being unlatched and him ascending into heaven. And I think what should happen is at the very end, Ebenezer Scrooge looks over and Hayden Christensen is a young ghost version of Jacob, of Mar Jacob Marley. Yeah. Why don't we just get Hayden Christensen to play Jacob Marley for the movie? Well, do you old age make up for like the most of the movie, but then. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. Remember when he's younger. Totally. Let's do it. Actually, that reminds me real quick before we get into it. We do. It's very exciting for us. We do have a sponsor this week. And Ooh. yeah, uh, this is big for us. So so let's all, all just get ready. Finally, after all our hard work. But yeah, this week's episode is brought to you by Jack O'Lantern's Spooky Seasoning. It's a delicious blend of pumpkin spice, melted candy corn, and demon sweat. Ask for it by name, Jack-O-Lanterns. It'll jack you up, baby. Yeah. Isn't that exciting? That's exciting. No, it's great. It's our first sponsor, Jack-O-Lanterns uh, Spooky Seasoning. Spooky Seasoning. It's, I put it on everything. But, All right, uh, only during spooky season. Yeah, it's because you can't. After, after a, look, I love them. I'm excited to have them as a sponsor. But after uh, 31 days of putting that on everything, and I, I put it on everything: cornflakes, uh, you know, popcorn, 
It's all delicious, but then you don't. The water I take my meds with, (laughs) just a sprinkle of jack-o'-lantern spooky seasoning. But then you do not want it again for another year, for another 11 months. One can only take so much demon sweat. Yeah. It's also hard to bottle. And look, I'm not going to lie to you all. It's a high price point, but they individually bottle the demon sweat. Yeah, they they individually sweat a demon. Yeah, and and collect all of the sweat in a sponge. Just think about bring that sponge into the seasoning. Think about that for a second. They're demons. They live in hell. Hell, famously hot. They don't sweat like unless it's very difficult. Yeah, it's it's very difficult to make a demon sweat. Yeah, you actually have to give. And that's the high quality product that Jack O' Lantern Spooky Seasoning guarantees to bring to you. Each and every spooky season. It's really weird. Do you know how they do it? I because I was curious, so I emailed Jack because you know they're a very responsive company, and he he actually personally answered my email. They apparently uh, tell the demons that it's finals week, and they have a big algebra test. And somehow the demons believe they're actually in school, yeah. and then they start sweating. Yeah. So that's what they. But they have to do that each time. Yeah, and uh, you know. Eventually they catch on and then and then you can never other mess. You can never use that demon again. Yeah, you can never. sweat. So each demon, (laughs) each uh, bottle is unique demon sweat. Yeah. And so sometimes I will admit sometimes the flavor will change a little bit depending on it varies from bottle to bottle. But that's the bespoke uh, quality that you can expect from one Jonathan Orville lantern. Yeah. But yeah, uh, well, before we get into the the film, I do, if I can take a moment, this is very exciting for us. This is new territory for us as it was last week. But uh, we once again, this episode is sponsored. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Yeah. And here's the crazy thing. Once again, it's sponsored by Jack O'Lantern. He was so happy <laughs> with the read from last week. And apparently they did big business. Ba- oh, good. Based on being, it's new for them too. They they don't really do a lot of podcast advertising, but I guess it really boosted their sales. So spooky season, spooky seasoning really took off. Yeah, yeah. So, but this is a completely different product that they wanted to get the word out about, and so uh, yeah, very excited to tell you that this week's episode is sponsored by Jack O'Lantern's Spooky Saison, which is a Ooh. delicious pale ale with hints of citrus pepper and demon sweat <laughs> it's the demon sweat that gets you you know yeah um, it's, it's it gives that little kick a little, little something a little get you right in the back of the throat there and I, I andy i i didn't have a chance to tell you this before the show but i'm also excited to announce that this product will be on the shelves at our newest venture wine and spirit halloween oh perfect so it's it's really all coming together. It's like a series of things that just seemed like random dumb jokes this whole month. They all paid off. Yeah, uh, I feel like we're a little late to the party opening our wine and spirit Halloween two days or the day before Halloween. But there you have it. But I think my my strategy with this, is we're really targeting those last minute uh, shoppers. Mm. And I am here to tell you, unfortunately, we will be price gouging you. Oh, mercilessly. But I think that's fair. This one was really cool. I, I got a personal email. I guess the people at Jack O'Lanterns, uh, they, they've been listening. They're fans of the show and they know that I don't eat meat. And so they, they wanted me to be aware and all of you to be aware of a special product that they have, Ooh. which is 
Jack O'Lantern's Spooky Satan. It's a plant-based meat substitute that's made uh, with a combination of wheat, vegetable broth, and demon sweat. Uh, that is Jack O'Lantern's uh, Ritual Satan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and what's uh what's nice about it, uh, if you're feeling uh as they say, satanic, um, that uh, you know, you can use it, it's a plant-based thing, and it uh, you know, the demon sweat makes it taste like chicken. Yeah, it does give a, a very poultry air to it. Uh, who knew? I guess it's the wings that the demons have is why it has that poultry. Yeah, vibe. but it gets that like umami flavor. Sure, yeah, it's a nice uh it's uh, you know, um, I like say I'm not a huge meat substitute person, but like given the choice between like tofu, tempeh or seitan, I'd go seitan. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's I think it's, a, you know, tofu is. Yeah, yeah I'm, I might be even you might even go as far as call me a seitanist. I think, yeah, I think we're both seitanist. Uh, Andy and I have a ritual, you know, where we get together in the woods and we make seitan. Yeah. Um, and you can find this at uh, Wine and Spirit Halloween. <laughs> yes it's our our joint venture um and if you can't find it just uh just hail down one of our employees so you can uh hail the satan look before we get into this movie which is bananas you know i there's something that's weighing on me and i think we should discuss it i know that you probably want to get this out in the open too we're trying to be t- transparent you know october's behind us and um there was an unfortunate incident at wine and spirit Halloween. And I'm sure you saw the headlines and I, I just think we should talk about it. If we have to, but I was, I just want to let the past be the past. If I'm being perfectly honest, well, to be clear, our lawyers advise me not to talk about it. And I think our lawyers are smart. I think we have the best lawyers. I don't like them. Clearly. <laughs> Look, I just all I really want to say is I get it. I get why it's a viral video when a Care Bear punches Superman. But, you know, the Superman landed in a display case full of items from our good friends and sponsors, Jack-O-Lanterns, and and they're furious. They are they are very angry at what happened and I think you looked adorable in the Care Bear suit. I'm just going to say it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You, you made a good Superman. You know, uh, if it wasn't for the demon sweat still burning uh, every orifice in my body, I, I would be able to accept that compliment. I do feel like when you said this stuff is terrible, that that was probably <sighs> the nail in the coffin. I, I, I mean, it's delicious on like... A bagel. Yeah, but not in your eyes. <laughs> no, I just I just don't think it should be in your eyes, your ears, other places. It just shouldn't be there. Yeah. Well, but again, apologies. And, uh, you know, uh, we will be fighting this in court. Yeah, uh, we have deep pockets here at Silver Linings Playback. Deeper pockets than Mr. Jonathan Oliver Lantern. Yeah, they don't have cash in them, but they're deep. Yeah. We just yeah. wear cargo shorts. <laughs> we wear cargo jinkos. Yeah. So they're very deep, but, you know, butterfly. Yeah, they're filled with butterflies. They're moths that, you know, yes. flutter out every time we reach One in. at a time. Yeah. For comedic effect. They're well-trained moths. 
And that's a, that's probably where all our money's going is training these moths that live for about a week to pull off that stunt. You know, I never thought about it that way, but that is thousands of dollars a month. Thousands of like you buy the eggs, you buy the incubators, you buy the heat lamps, you have the pit in your basement to bury the senator's daughter. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. And the, you know, I wouldn't call them laughs, but the polite smiles that it gets on people's faces <laughs> when the moth comes out. I think it's I like it. that. Huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. Huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. That really happens, huh? Yeah. Again, this is why I'm not moving to the Somalski town, okay? <laughs> I, you know, not my kind of love song. I, I just have to tell you that it's December and you saying that means that you're going to. Like, yeah, you, that, this that is act that... one. <laughs> I, I, if you see any attractive men in flannel, stay the hell away. Yeah. Is, okay, this, yeah. This is, I think... Yeah, you are in don't trouble. Don't leave the city limits. <laughs> this, like you are. this is the opening. This is the opening of the film. Oh, the city girl on a Zoom for a podcast <laughs> right before she goes home. <laughs> that oh, actually, I never, I never do, do one. That. That, uh, I'd never do one of those stupid Christmas movies. That actually. Oh my no, god! Did we just write a Christmas movie? No, I'm really glad. No, seriously, if we can have a moment, Andy and I <laughs> meant we were going to talk to you about this off the air, but since we're talking about it on the air, we need you to go to your hometown and buy the <laughs> podcast studio. Uh, that I believe your ex-boyfriend owns. <laughs> Look, Kai, I'll do it for the business, but I I'm I'm gonna return the same day, okay? <laughs> Yeah, you look, don't don't talk to your family or anything. Just roll into yeah, town. We, we know you haven't seen them in 12 years. No, because of that one accident. They're all really cool and nice, but I just don't talk to them. Yes, they're nothing but supportive and loving, but I'm, I'm going to stay the hell away. Why and, would I and, see them? And I hate to say it, but please don't Vitco this. <laughs> what does that even mean? What do we mean? I... <laughs> That's that's a good thing, right? <laughs> oh yeah, that's totally a good thing. <laughs> oh man, clear. I uh, would start in a Christmas movie, and I think this is shaping up to be something. So, <laughs> so just like keep this in mind. <laughs> I do. I I actually think you you've got a good legit setup of the you know the woman who watches all the Christmas movies, but never I'll never be in one. Yes. I think that is a good act. I think one. that is a really good setup. <laughs> Not doing a bit like a legit solid setup is. Yeah. yeah. It also feels like there hasn't been like that scream of Christmas movies where the, someone is aware of all the tropes. Ooh. Right. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. Look, we're all going to write this. Let's all <laughs> like, this is I'm actually in. a good, I think this is where we've been headed now that this annual tradition has really now come that together. it's a tradition. Now yeah. we can focus on the screenwriting. Yes. No, Cause I actually, you know, yes. Andy, you're dead. Right. So this, I think this is it. So you, you're you, obviously, like this is based on yourself and you, and mm -hmm. you do have to go to your hometown to see mm -hmm. your family. But you're like, I know what happens in these situations. <laughs> and you're just right. you're explaining all the rules like in Scream. You're trying to avoid uh, like mm -hmm. you're just like pie facing all the like handsome men from right. your childhood that... shirt wearing men just like wearing blinders no yeah. like, mm -hmm. like no not talking to you don't no. even make eye contact not buying a christmas tree i'm allergic okay <laughs> just avoiding it all you drop a bunch of christmas presents and leave them you're like nope they're gone i'll buy I'll new ones buy new ones <laughs> put it on my credit card yeah, i'm a big city girl <laughs> and i'm going back there <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I'm in. Man, and... what if they made one called Die Hardly? And it was actually just a movie where no one died. I'm, I'm here for it. It's just about 
John McClane and Al Pal just having the perfect day together where Al should. Well, Al shows him around Los Angeles, I would imagine, because we learn in this film that John McClane has transferred to L.A. uh, clearly to reunite with his family and he's working with Al. So I would have to imagine there'd have to be, you know, Al's taking him around showing him yeah, various like the hollywood sign strip the hollywood sign yeah they, santa monica pier yeah they, they go down get their photo taken with some of the superheroes by the chinese theater yeah yeah and it's just die hardly nobody nobody dies in that movie hardly yeah well like one guy almost dies but he hardly dies he hardly dies yeah, and it's out that... because he chokes on a twinkie and he right. almost dies famous choking hazard twinkie <laughs> Now, as I'm playing these, I realized the other one that also snakes on a plane is snakes on a plane. And it is Samuel L. Jackson saying, I'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane, which is find a stranger in the Alps is better because that makes even less sense (laughs) because the snakes aren't fighting monkeys. They should have been. The plane is not Monday to snakes versus monkeys on a plane. I think, yeah, snakes and monkeys it's on a die plane. die hard, but with snakes and monkeys on a plane. It's die hard with a, a plane full of snakes and the the hero is a monkey. Is There's just one macaque monkey that is trying to save his wife from being murdered by snakes. John macaque. That's all, folks. We're talented. We're fucking good. Yeah, I mean, like, I try to be rational about it. I try to be humble about it. But I'm like, why are we not laying on piles of money, like, from Better Call Saul or from uh, Breaking Bad? I want the Huel just, like, laying back on my, you know, giant stack of money, my pallet of money. We should be. That's, That's the bottom line. And I think 2024 is the year we get paid. Look it, Dano. Yeah. And uh, look, if you don't think our ideas are good, all the, the rest of this month, we're going to be watching movies from uh, 2023 that were terrible and they got made and they paid people to make them. Yeah. So suck it, Hollywood. Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Philip And Katie. And Bridget. And we're three friends who like movies. Especially movies of yore, when we were small and everything seemed awesome. Now we're revisiting these bright, shining beacons of our youth and figuring out if they are for real. So sit back and relax and revisit the best. The worst. And everything in between from the 80s and 90s. And find out. Is is it for real? real?